CEO of Rocket Companies. If you thought you missed your chance to refinance and save, think again. Mortgage rates have recently dropped, and Rocket Mortgage can help you save big when you call 8338-ROCKET today. For example, with a $250,000 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you could get a new low rate under 3%. If your current rate is over 3.75%, you could lower your payment by over $100 a month, saving thousands in interest. But you've got to act now, because no one knows how long these low rates will last. So when you need a simple way to get big savings, Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Refinance offer assumes a rate of 2.99%, 3.21% APR, 70% loan-to-value ratio for the cost of 1.75 points. $4,375 due at closing. Monthly payment of $1,052.66. Taxes and insurance not included. Payment will be greater. Rates current as of 7 21 Conditions apply. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. A WWE fan is under arrest for attacking a wrestler in New York. It happened during a live broadcast of WWE Raw in Brooklyn. Oh! A man jumped a barricade and tackled wrestler Seth Rollins as he was walking backstage. Oh my God. On, Fans were shocked and the two actually fought for a bit before security stepped in. Cameras also cut away when the crew figured out it wasn't part of the script. Rollins wasn't hurt. WWE later released a statement saying it takes the safety of its performers very seriously and hopes the attacker will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Monica Ricks, CBS News, New York. At New York City Hall, Thomas Jefferson's been removed from the room where it happens. After 187 years, a statue of the founding fathers been quietly removed from city council chambers. Public Design Commission voted to banish it because he was a slave owner. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Hundreds of thousands of people have said goodbye to their overpriced Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile plans and switched to Pure Talk. It's CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. Did you know Pure Talk gives you the same great coverage on the same great 5G network as one of the big guys for about half the cost? The average family is saving over $800 a year. You can keep your number and keep your phone or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or if you want unlimited data, you can still save a fortune with U.S.-based customers. Customer service Pure Talk treats their customers right. Plus, they have a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you literally have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jill 50 to save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jill 50. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. My name is Micah. I'm the Dementia Inclusive Coordinator and Project Specialist for Athens County Cares. I became involved with this project because I want members of my community to have access to the resources they need. My father-in-law had dementia. He and my mother-in-law moved in with us. As caregivers, we struggled to find information and resources to help him and us. The Athens County Care Consultation Program is what I wish we had when we were caring for him. For more information, visit AthensCountyCares.org. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think you'd like to win, but you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. Life's battle doesn't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the person who wins is the one who thinks he can. Single game tickets on sale now at Bengals.com. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 59373. That's 593-7393. Medicare Open Enrollment is here. Now through December 7th, free help is available for older adults and people with disabilities. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can connect you with a certified Medicare counselor to find the plan that's best for you and check your eligibility for additional Medicare savings programs. Visit BuckeyeHills.org backslash Medicare or call Ohio's Medicare hotline at 1-800-686-1578. That's 1-800-686-1578. This resource 
Congress was supported in part by a grant from the U.S. Administration for Community Living. The COVID-19 vaccination is a key to keeping Ohio's kids in school, and that's why the Ohio Department of Health is giving Ohioans between the ages of 12 and 25 the chance to win one of 150 $10,000 scholarships and five $100,000 scholarships to an Ohio college or university or for a career tech education. Get your shot and register to win at ohiovaxtoschool.com or call 1-833-4-ASK-ODH. Have you heard of Project RISE? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project RISE. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, Athens. Ah, just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving. And we do have things to thank for. Thank God for, I guess we would say. To be thankful of. There we go. But today we're going to get caught up once again on the COVID situation. Dr. James Gaskell from our Athens County Health Department is joining us live. He's in the studio. Beautiful sunshine outside. We're going to try to make this show a good one. Beautiful day. Uh, how about those uh, bobcats last night, huh? What do you think, Scott? Scott here? Come in, come in and join us for a minute. Uh, the bobcats last night. Oh, yeah, okay. That's all you got? <laughs> <laughs> They're good. The, the, They're good this year. More. Okay, yes, they played terrific last night, and they pick up another win. I think they're four and one overall now. Yeah, that loss being last Friday night against uh, UK. There was some interesting uh, officiating last night. Nothing terrible, but some weird ones. Yeah, and uh, but that happens nearly every game. Anyway, it was fun game to attend. We took uh, Florence Plasman the Dean of uh, Arts and Sciences, uh, as our guest last night. He had a good time. Good. It's always good when the Bobcats win. Indeed. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, with Dick Gaskell here, of course, the principal topic has to be that of COVID. And um, I, I saw a story in the last day or two saying that, um, oh, I think it's Austria is um, set to become the first country in Europe to make COVID-19 vaccination compulsory. Only a handful of nations around the world have issued a sweeping mandate for all adults in a bid to control coronavirus infections. German politicians are also debating made, making COVID-19 vaccinations compulsory. Um, you know, here in Athens County, we're at, uh, we just crossed the 50% mark a day or two ago. 50.32% of our population here is vaccinated. Uh, the state of Ohio, 57%. Uh, our nation, 68%. I, I'm sorry. and I want you to help me with this, Dick. Why? 
Are people so reluctant? That's a very hard question to answer, Dave, considering the efficacy of our vaccines. They're highly efficacious. They work. Um, they also are associated with very few side effects, very safe vaccines. We have three vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, all highly effective at preventing disease and very safe vaccines not associated with uh, complications. I and heard of a fourth one that was over in Europe somewhere, Marika Mar or something like that. But anyway, the, um, but the three here are very well thought of. Yes, and very safe. There have been a, a couple uh, problems. Uh, Johnson & Johnson had uh, 17 people who had clotting problems. Uh, most of them were women. Uh, actually, there were uh, two deaths in that group because they had central nervous system clots. Mm. That was of grave concern at first, and the CDC halted administration of Johnson & Johnson vaccine for a week while they investigated. They discovered the incidence was one in 900,000 doses, very rare. Uh, all women except for one man. Uh, they then issued a warning that uh, before getting the vaccine, a uh, discussion should occur with any woman who elected to get Johnson & Johnson vaccine. One in 900,000 is very uncommon. Uh, n not uh, well explained, has had, had to do with uh, antibodies and platelets. Mm. And uh, the antibodies produced by the vaccine apparently adhered to the place platelets and made them more sticky. And so they then produced uh, clots. Uh, a very uncommon disorder uh, that was uh, of uh, some concern. The other concern uh, that arose was that of myocarditis, which is an inflammation of your heart. Now, pediatricians see children with myocarditis annually uh, in a busy practice, maybe one a year, and that is an inflammation of the heart, uh, usually mild. The children have some chest pain, a little fever, maybe some shortness of breath, usually a self-limited, usually due to a virus. Uh, the treatment is... Uh, uh, non uh, is is steroids by and large, or uh, non steroidal anti inflammatories. Um, steroids work best. Kids get better in about a week, and that's what they found with the messenger RNA vaccines, both the Pfizer and Moderna, in primarily young men, more young men than women, age uh, seventeen to twenty-four. Uh, the incidence was uh, two in 100,000 doses. The children presented with shortness of breath, a little fever, and chest pain. EKG showed some minor abnormalities. At first, all the children got hospitalized and placed on steroids, and their symptoms disappeared rapidly. They did have uh, elevated cardiac enzymes, the same kind of enzymes you might see if you had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. The troponin levels were a little high. Uh, they returned to normal in about a week after they were given steroids, and the children weren't hospitalized for very long. I doubt if they hospitalize them now um, because we're very familiar with the syndrome. They probably give them outpatient steroids and uh, check on them every day in the office to make sure that they clear. The troponin levels returned to normal in about a week, uh, given steroids, so it was a really mild problem. I heard of one death in New Zealand, not in the United States, uh, I don't think any of the children in the United States have died. Uh, there were about maybe 350 cases, something like that. So, again, a relatively mild problem. They didn't even halt administration of the vaccines. They uh, recorded the incidents and uh, let the physicians know uh, what might occur. Uh, and uh, these these rare and unusual findings are discovered as a result of VIRS reporting. VIRS, VIRS is an acronym that stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. So if you have an adverse event with a vaccine as an individual, as a citizen, you can report it to the VIRS reporting system. And you can get online 
I look up VIR's reporting system and deliver a report to the CDC. Most of the reports are gener generated by physicians, health departments, let's say, and those people who administer the vaccines because uh, the citizens go to them and say, such and such has happened to me. And so these really, really rare uh, events are discovered through VIR's reporting. For instance, an incidence of one in 900,000 cases wouldn't get discovered during a trial. The vaccine trials ordinarily, uh, uh, ordinarily there were about 40,000 people or 30,000 people uh, lined up for the trials, engaged in the trials. So you wouldn't discover that with a trial for uh, a release of a vaccine. Now the, the vaccine for the children, five to 11 year old, uh, only uh, engaged about 3,000 children in those trials. But Pfizer had the advantage, and those were the Pfizer trials, Pfizer had the advantage of having given the vaccine to thousands of adults and to teenagers. So uh, the trials didn't have to be as large. And of course, there was no discovery of myocarditis in those 3,000 kids that were engaged in, and enrolled in the uh, young group of five to 11 because there was a relatively small trial. But we know the incidence is about two in 90,000. So those are the two, if you will, kerfluckles or problems with vaccines that we've discovered so far. And most of the time after vaccines are released, within six months, the problems are discovered, particularly if the vaccines are widely administered like these vaccines have been. My former daughter-in-law, headed up the uh, Johnson & Johnson efforts. And um, so I paid particular attention to that just because of my connection to her, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, they still have a very fine product. They do. Their, their vaccine is a uh, single-dose vaccine, highly effective, 100% uh, effective at preventing death and dying and also prevents hospitalization. Um, well, this compulsory business, um, Austria, I mentioned, and there's several other countries, um, and, and even our own Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, he says time is running short to prevent a dangerous new surge of COVID-19 infections from the overwhelming upcoming holiday season. Well, the holiday season is like three days away, two days away. Um, and then uh, only gets uh, stronger as we uh, approach Christmas. Now, I have overheard conversations where people in Athens are just dead set against getting it. And, you know, I think, should I speak up? And, well, no, you don't want to get into an, uh, you know what I mean, um, an argument. But what is their thinking, that, that to the best of your knowledge, why, why is there this resistance or reluctance? Well, I think some of the old wives' tales about these vaccines have been put to rest. Uh, the vaccines do not cause infertility they don't cause you to be magnetized. Uh, they don't put a chip in your uh, arm somewhere where you've gotten a vaccine so that the government can trace you. I think those concerns have been largely put to rest. Magnetized? Yeah, oh, yes. There was some talk about that, that somehow uh, the vaccine was going to make you magnetic. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there have been some okay. uh, Facebook uh, suggestions that are uh, hard to understand. Why do people want to refuse? You know, uh, we've had mandates for vaccines for a long time. The reason we don't have smallpox anywhere in the world is that we vaccinated our way out of smallpox. Nobody gets smallpox vaccines anymore because there is no smallpox anywhere. But uh, that was a highly successful vaccination program. Uh, all children got vaccinated. You got vaccinated, Dave. I yes. did when we were kids. Yes. And uh, we discontinued that in the early 70s because we had no smallpox in the United States, and we only had it in two other nations. Bangladesh was one, and I don't remember the other, but uh, eventually uh, 
we rid those nations of smallpox, and so uh, nobody gets vaccinated any longer against smallpox. And we uh, mandate vaccines for our school children. They have to be vaccinated before they attend school, and they're vaccinated against uh, polio, uh, uh, measles, mumps, German measles, uh, diphtheria, pertussis, uh, which is whooping cough. Uh, they're vaccinated in a mandatory manner against all these diseases. As a result, we have hardly any measles or chickenpox in our nation. We have outbreaks occasionally in uh, non-vaccinated communities. Uh, the Amish in, in Ohio had an outbreak of measles a few years ago. Uh, the men had been to the Philippines to build houses and they returned and brought back measles and the Amish are a non-vaccinated community. Uh, but but they, they learned in short order that the kids got very sick with, sick with measles, and they then began to vaccinate their children against measles. So, so occasionally— So in spite of their basic religious belief, they did what was uh, proper and did allow, yes. right? They saw how sick their kids got. I see. Measles is a really serious infection, and people don't know that about one in a thousand kids with measles will die. Uh, we don't have measles anymore, but uh, when measles was uh, causing minor epidemics in communities, about one in a thousand kids would die from encephalitis. Measles can cause a type of encephalitis, uh, short-term encephalitis that can kill them. It can also cause, in little children who get measles, uh, a long-term encephalitis that causes seizures and dementia. It's called SSPE, subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. It's very rare. About one in uh, 10,000 kids who gets measles will get SSPE, but if you practice medicine for a long time, you might see a kid or two with SSPE. Not very many. I saw two in uh, my career. Uh, it's an awful disease because it causes a normal child to become demented and to have seizures. It's an awful, awful disease. So reading, reading the nation of measles was an important uh, effort, and, and it continues because we... Uh, in a mandatory manner, immunize all of our children. They can't go to school without uh, childhood immunizations. And so they all get their immunizations uh, within the first five years of life and then boosters thereafter. You know, at the game last night, uh, we sit uh, right behind Charlie and Cindy Bird. And um, they had just returned from a visit to see Ann Grover. Tad and Ann Grover institutions in our community for many years. Tad's gone now. Uh, and Ann, um, I saw a photograph of them. She looks terrific. But I can remember her being down the road at uh, a nursing home, and it was about the same time my wife was in a nursing home recovering from some surgeries. But... Um, Anyway, the point to all of this is the nursing homes. Um, they are just really having a difficult time with having enough employees. And, you know, um, uh, I guess this pandemic. Yes. Uh, well, you know... They have to work very hard, and, and the pandemic has uh, required them to do uh, many things that they hadn't had to do previously. Lots of testing for individuals. Anybody who's uh, test positive has to be isolated. Uh, anybody who enters a nursing home is isolated for 10 days and tested frequently. So their job is uh, enormously more difficult than it was previously, and uh, a, a nursing Home employment is a fairly uh, difficult job anywhere. Anyhow, it requires lots of caring, mm. uh, uh, and and you have to have a very caring uh, disposition in order to work in a nursing home. So I think it's it's doubly hard now. Uh, it's also hard to be a nurse in, uh, in community hospitals now because of the very sick people that you're dealing with and and how busy they are. It, 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 the pandemic marches on, 
and uh, lots of people are still getting hospitalized and placed on ventilators and they need intensive care and so uh, the nursing profession is losing employees uh, it's hard to have enough nurses nowadays my wife who is a retired nurse hears from uh, recruiting companies almost every week uh, wanting her to return wanting to her to return they'll pay her a big bonus and a high salary and visiting nurses are very popular now because they are allowing uh, small community hospitals to stay open because the small community hospitals uh, are losing some nurses and, and they need help. And so they reach out to these visiting nurses, uh, nursing organizations, hire them, and they come to the community and work for maybe a couple of months in order to provide enough nursing care for the community hospitals. So uh, the whole field has changed. Uh, dramatically as a result of the pandemic. Each day at 2 o'clock, I keep a chart. And there's probably about 25 or 30 entries. And I share the results of that chart a couple times a week with our audience. But let's take Athens County. And you, of course, are with the Athens County Health Department. Um, yesterday, we had had a total less far since this whole thing broke out, and that was March 7th of 2020. We've had 8,194 cases. Now, our county's population is 65,300 and some. So, 12.5% of our population has experienced COVID. Now, we should also mention that 96% of that number have already covered, recovered, which is specifically 7,866 people. But there are 200 and... Uh, 89 people right now in the hospital. Um, here in Athens, we don't keep track of, well, I mean, I'm sure someone does, but I don't have access to how many are in intensive care versus regular hospital care, but there's 289 in the hospitals. We've had 94 deaths since this whole thing began. Now, that's... Uh, We've gone a couple days with 93, but yesterday there was an additional one. But here's what I like to, not like to, but here's one thing I did, was try to compare Athens to the rest of the state. And if my calculations make any sense, instead of having 8,194 cases, if we were like the rest of the state, we should have had 9,207 cases. That's 1,013 more. And yet, our vaccination rate is lower than the state's, 50.32. We just passed the 50% mark two days ago. State of Ohio, 57%. Well, why do you think that our that the comparison we are lower than the state we are a rural community that's what we love about Athens uh, we don't have population density we're unlike Cleveland Columbus Cincinnati uh, I think that helps us I think our school systems have been very good. The superintendents have been very good about masking up our children, K through 12. Children all go to school masked. So even if they get disease, they're not likely to spread it there. We're starting to vaccinate those little kids, as a matter of fact, now. The 5 to 11-year-olds are getting vaccinated. Of course. Uh, I, have some, I have some similar data, Dave. Share uh, it with I, I have some data that shows that Athens County... Uh, over the last week has had uh, 19 cases per 100,000 population. That's how they compare counties. They, uh, they, they, they calculate the number of cases per 100,000 so that we can compare 
our incidence of infection to, let's say, Columbus or Vinton County or what some other county. So over the last week, a, a seven-day average was 19 cases per 100,000, which means that we had about maybe maybe about 12 cases a day. Now, uh, I'll give you the uh, case average per 100,000 over a seven-day period for some of our surrounding counties. For instance, we're at 19, Jackson's at 65, Morgan's at 48, Meigs is 54, Washington County, which often compares similarly to us, is at 20. Vinton County, 41, Gallia, 49, Franklin County is at 29. So we have a low incidence of infection compared to all the counties around us. Right, right. And, and you know, the first few counties you mentioned were all smaller than ourselves, even. Yes, and, and very rural. Yeah. But we have the uh, advantage of, uh, I think, superintendents who have, uh, by and large, mandated and required that their kids, K-12, through 12, mask up. That keeps the incidence of infection low in that group, so there won't be as much spread there. Ohio University uh, mandates v- uh, masking inside, uh, and they, of course, have a mandate for vaccination. Uh, and they have actually a very high vaccination rate. The kids living in dormitories, over 90% of them have been vaccinated. The kids who are living in the community and the staff, the vaccination rate is something like 87%, really high percentage so of vaccination, which is terrific. Um, overall, uh, I wish we were higher. I wish our vaccination rate was higher but uh, to provide herd immunity, which means that you won't have very much disease, you may not have to have as high a vaccination rate as the experts predict because we have a rural community and don't encounter each other as often as uh, you might in the big city. So uh, I, I think that works to our advantage here. Uh, I- and indeed, um, we have a mask mandate for the city of Athens that is uh, observed, uh, let's say, uh, much of the time, certainly not all the time, but uh, there is a mask mandate for uh, the city, and that, ac- that helps too. Attending the ball game last night, ma- you know, they would remind us periodically masks are required. And uh, I, I, I confess it's... It's. I would prefer not to have to wear one. Um, but I did, and it's at times a little hard to yell and shout, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. Uh, now, now I went to a game, oh, I don't know, a week or so ago, and there was hardly anybody there. I wore my mask going in, but once I was seated, there was nobody within six feet of Barbara and I. So we took our masks off, honestly, during the game, and then wore them as we left. But this last, was basketball? This was basketball, but last night was different. Last night there were a lot of people there, and so we kept our masks on the whole time. I, I, I think that, uh, and actually, honestly, I, I thought the rule was you had to wear it going in and going out and not the whole time because there were lots of unmasked people at that other game that I, was, that I attended with uh, very few people there, actually. Um, so you know, I've been we we must be sitting in different areas because last night I thought was the weakest crowd since the season started, but um, um, the other games have been really um, nicely attended. But that's just my observation. Now I think uh, Friday night's game coming up, well Friday afternoon four o'clock. I have a feeling that's going to be jammed. Yes, I think so, too, and we'll have to keep our masks on, certainly. With all the visitors mm-hmm. uh, from out of town mm-hmm. that haven't seen a game in years. You, you know, the, the reason we have to mask, uh, 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 since we're vaccinated, it's highly unlikely we'll get serious disease. But we can get disease and pass it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. We can mm-hmm. be an asymptomatic carrier and then give it to somebody who is unvaccinated. The vaccinated people are not likely to get serious infection. They can get asymptomatic infection and be carriers. So we have to mask so we don't acquire the disease and pass it to others who are unvaccinated. Uh, that's who we would pass it to. And uh, most of the hospitalizations that are occurring 
nowadays and the deaths certainly that are occurring are in unvaccinated people. Now, there have been some vaccinated people die. And there have been some vaccinated people uh, who um, are hospitalized, mm. but not very many, relatively low percentage. Um, the uh, High Department of Health gives us information in that regard. Mm -hmm. And hospitalizations from March 2 of 2021 to November 10th, they don't, they just give us this information intermittently. To uh, November 10th of 2021, there were 1,941 people hospitalized who were fully vaccinated. Do it again. 1,941 okay. hospitalized who were fully vaccinated. And there were 510 deaths in people who were fully vaccinated. Now, the median age of the hospitalizations for those fully vaccinated people was 74, and the median age for the ones who died who were fully vaccinated was 79. Hmm. So it's, it's the elderly who are more likely to be hospitalized and die, even if they've been vaccinated. But, you know, those numbers pale in comparison to the number of people who were uh, unvaccinated right. and, and hospitalized right. and die. So, I mean, those are still relatively small numbers, but you can be fully vaccinated and still get disease, but it's a relatively rare occurrence. I'm going to change topics completely just for a second because I'm looking at some old notes of mine about when you've been here in the past. Um, John Croner, Dr. Croner, uh, I, once upon a time, I turned to him and said, how many babies did you deliver? And he, without hesitation, said a number, and I'm going to say 6,592. I had a note here be before to ask you, because you were a pediatrician, how many babies did you deliver in your practice time? Well, I took care of them. Kroner delivered them, and actually I took care of a lot of Kroner's babies. Uh, basically, he referred them to me. John Kroner recruited me to come to Athens in 1970. Yeah. I was uh, looking for a job, and I, I had just, I was finishing my pediatric residency at University of West Virginia, and I advertised in a pharmaceutical journal that was sent widely, widely distributed in the Tri-County area, and I got a call from John Kroner I was looking for a small college uh, with a university, or a university town, uh, a small town with a university. And John uh, introduced what me to What a perfect a fit. <laughs> he introduced me to Athens, and uh, I came. Uh, I, I, I visited a couple times. Uh, uh, I have to tell you that I came to visit in March of 1970, and Kroner took me to the basketball game when the when OU beat, I think, Bowling Green mm. for the MAC championship. And the convo was filled with 14,000 people. Oh, yes. And uh, we went over uh, to uh, Joe Yannity's house and had a party, and I met the new administrator of the hospital that was going to open soon. It wasn't open yet. And we visited the new hospital. And uh, that's when I decided I should come here. I like the people. Uh, Dr. Al Baldwin was a fine pediatrician and a very nice man, and he offered me a job, and, uh, and I came. And when John delivered babies, certainly during the first few years, I think he tried to help uh, our practice by referring babies to us. And I, uh, I, uh, I practiced for 35 years, so uh, indeed uh, I would see a lot of babies over that period of time. But I in terms of delivery, you, you didn't have... Um you worked more with them after they're p they I had been born. I worked with them after they were born. John delivered them, and the other obstetrician delivered them, and I took care of them. And I, you know, I'm going to guess maybe, oh, probably Barbara would know better than I because she kept track of the sure. number of people that we saw in the office and things like oh that. Oh, well. I bet I saw 15,000 kids. I had charts for a long time after I retired and uh, kept them in my crawl space. Uh, and then I finally, uh, I've been retired now for 15 years. I was able to get rid of them. Well, 
And there was one other question, and then we'll get back to business. But there was one other question I had jotted down when we last spoke, but I don't think I got to it. If you had not become a doctor, what do you think you would have pursued? Hmm. Well, uh, my mother wanted me to be a minister. Uh, my dad wanted me to be a doctor. And I like science, so uh, I chose uh, medicine. I yeah, I uh, but when I took a, I took some sort of survey, my first year in college, and the survey uh, addressed uh, what your interests were and what you should really uh, major in in college. That was my first year in college, and that survey indicated that I uh, probably would be best suited to be a coach, <coughs> and I certainly like sports. Uh, but uh, I didn't follow that. I, I, I coached uh, you know, little league baseball and knee high league baseball, mm -hmm. uh, but you know I, I I didn't certainly make uh, a career of coaching. I did go to Pittsburgh Pirate Dream Camp on a couple of occasions to play no, baseball. I think I even remember you doing that. Yeah, I did that. I I love sports and I still follow sports and and now uh, one of my daughters, Sarah. Uh, is very engaged in sports. Lets me know uh, when the when the important games are on. Uh, even when she's not in the house, she text. I, I get text messages from her reminding me that a big game is coming up and uh, I ought to watch it. Uh, you know, uh, she even keeps track of University of Pittsburgh and I follow them and they have a very good team this year. Uh, and I hear from Sarah all the time about. Uh, uh, professional games and, and important college games. Now, she follows Penn State no. a lot because she I, got a master's degree from Penn State. Am I mistaken? She was adopted, right? She was adopted, yes. I was adopted. Um, interesting. Well, okay, let's, let's, um, let's get back to the COVID thing. That's really the purpose of today's show. Um, okay, so the United States. 68% of our population, 68.48, if you want to be exact, has been vaccinated. Um, and, and I will point out that um, that number means at least has had the first vaccination. But the majority of that has had both. Now, <clears throat> as I count... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. We are eighteenth. That is to say, there are seventeen countries who are, have had higher percentages. Um. Who's number one? The United Arab Emirates. Uh, and they're in the mid-90 percentile. Number two, Singapore. Three, Cuba. Four, Portugal. Five, Chile. Sixth, China. Seventh, Cambodia. Eighth, South Korea. Ninth, Spain. I could keep going here, but the point is, why do you think these other countries have higher percentages of vaccine? We, we have the right to refuse. Some of those nations, I don't think, have the right to refuse vaccinations. I'm not sure. But they, they have a, a government that perhaps would not allow them to refuse. Uh, in the United States, we like to exercise our rights, and one of our rights is to say no. And, um, and you know, uh, our freedoms... Well, okay, uh, not to argue, but yeah. Canada has 79% vaccinated. Now... Yeah. I don't think of Canada as being an overly bearing uh, government. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm, I'm just, just to mention it. 
Yeah, uh, we, it, well, in the United States, I think that uh, it's interesting and it's hard to know for sure uh, why individuals are refusing. The best I can get out of some of them is that you can't make me. I'm a U.S. citizen. I can say no. That's, that's the best they can come up with. Uh, uh, they, they, uh, they also say things like, it was produced very rapidly, and I don't trust the vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll respond to that by saying usually uh, problems with the vaccine show up within six months, and more than six months has passed, and we haven't seen very many problems with the vaccine. So um, it's hard to know for certain, except I think that exercising their freedom has something to do with it in the United States. Now, you know, Dave, not, we're not the only nation, though, that has vaccine hesitancy or refusal. Um, the Eastern European nations, uh, some of them are having trouble, too, uh, with um, vaccine hesitancy or vaccine refusal. And they don't have necessarily very high vaccination rates. Now, you mentioned the nations that do have high vaccination rates, and um, some of them— A uh, few of them, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, but there are some Eastern European nations that are, have, are having difficulty with uh, vaccination rates, just like we are. Now, you know, we're trying things like mandatory vaccination. You get to choose uh, between getting vaccinated and whatever uh, penalty uh, you might be issued by your company or organization if you don't get vaccinated. Now, sometimes the penalty is you have to get tested twice a week. Uh, sometimes, uh, and some of them will dismiss you if you don't get vaccinated, and that's happened certainly. But it, it is in court, too. There are, there are uh, cases in court now brought by individuals who refuse to be vaccinated, and uh, they are basically suing their company who is mandata mandated that they get vaccinated. So it's, it's interesting. It's not mandated vaccination, certainly not widely accepted in the United States. It is, a, it is a, you know, uh, all reason would indicate that uh, getting vaccinated would be the right thing to do for yourself uh, and for society. And I worry about the people that are unvaccinated because those are the people who are going to be hospitalized and some of them will die. And so I'm, I'm concerned about them. They're not making a choice that's very good for them or for the rest of us, as a matter of fact. Dick, you are our Athens County Health Officer. Um, two years ago, COVID all launched. But if it hadn't, what would you be focusing on? Well, we have a, a large opioid problem in Athens County, like many rural counties in southeastern Ohio, and uh, I would be uh, laser-focused on, on that issue. Um, so Ill illegal drugs. Illegal drugs. We have a, a number of uh, opioid users uh, dying because the heroin they're using is laced with fentanyl, and they don't know how much fentanyl there is, and if they use alone, they're uh, at great risk. If they use it with each other and they have Narcan or Naloxone available, then they can be saved and resuscitated if they overdose. But if they use alone, um, yeah, if they overdose on fentanyl and they never know how much fentanyl is in the, right. the heroin, uh, they, if they use alone, it's, uh, it's very possible they'll overdose and die. So uh, I'm concerned about that. And we have had more deaths due to uh, opioid use in the past year uh, while the pandemic has been ongoing you than know, we had previously. We were talking in the hall before the show started. I, I swear, Scott, you may have noticed this too. There's, um, it just seems to me like people are driving more aggressively uh, more um, carelessly, um, but aggressive, I guess, is the best term. Um, there, there's a certain, like people are upset with the world. COVID brain. COVID brain. They're distracted. And, and uh, the, the people that I work with at the health department are, uh, have worked very hard during this time. And, um, Lots of uh, vaccination clinics, lots of long hours, lots of case investigations and quarantines. And so 
Uh, the, the 20 people that are employed at the health department work very, very hard. But every once in a while, uh, we uh, all of us notice uh, among each other that uh, we forget something that we we know very well. And, and uh, we have to remind each other about the facts of the matter. And we'll say, COVID brain, huh? COVID brain. Because uh, long hours, uh, 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 the disease is sort of constantly on your mind, even when you're uh, not working. Uh, things are happening. Uh, and it's been one of the problems with the whole pandemic is that it's been predictably unpredictable. About the time you settle in and you have a routine, uh, changes occur. Uh, uh, there, there's a new group of people to vaccinate. For instance, just this past week, uh, now, uh, the CDC has ruled that we can give boosters to everybody over 18 years of age. Well, there's a lot of people over 18 years of age in Athens County that need boosters. And we're also in the middle of giving the kids who are 5 to 11-year-old vaccines. So we have had two mass vax clinics for those 5 to 11-year-olds, and we have been to all the elementary schools to deliver vaccines. So we're now getting their second shot uh, to those little kids who are 5 to 11. And, and actually, there's been a problem with them getting infected in the past uh, couple of weeks, or more and more of them getting infected. So it's a good thing we're vaccinating them. But um, while we're doing that now, uh, we have had uh, released uh, by the FDA and the CDC information that uh, advises us to vaccinate, uh, give boosters to everybody over 18 years of age. Mm -hmm. And you notice at Rotary the other day, I said, well, now we'll have to have a couple overnight vaccine clinics to get them vaccinated before Thanksgiving because the uh, uh, media had suggested that maybe <laughs> you got to get vaccinated before yeah. Thanksgiving. So that's not going to happen. Uh, but we're going to certainly... Uh, have have uh, mass vax clinics to encourage them to get uh, their boosters and we're doing lots of boosters at the health department but we can't do nearly as many in a day at the health department as we can at the heritage college of osteopathic medicine where we can mass vaccinate large numbers of people now i i, I got my boosters september 9th i think um now, I'm starting to hear noise about maybe you need another booster down the road, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is something new that uh, I just heard in the last week is pills. Yes. What's yes. That, what's that all about? Well, uh, Pfizer. Pfizer has a pill. Uh, the name of the pill is Paxlovid. Paxlovid. It's um, it's a protease inhibitor, which means it, it's an inhibitor of the virus. It prevents the virus from replicating. Uh, they're going to be uh, uh, appealing to the FDA for approval for release of this uh, antiviral medication. It works a lot like Tamiflu for influenza. You know, if you get influenza and you take Tamiflu, you don't get as sick as you would otherwise. Now, Tamiflu doesn't immediately cure your influenza, but it uh, makes it, uh, y you become less ill with it. And, and I think that's what this pill is going to do. If you start this pill within three days of the onset of your disease, COVID disease, uh, apparently it's highly, highly unlikely you'll be hospitalized and uh, should not die. So the pill uh, decreases your symptoms. doesn't suddenly cure you but decrease your symptoms and makes it less likely that you'll be hospitalized. That's what Pfizer claims. Th it hasn't been released yet, and I, I think the dose is something like three pills twice a day for five days, started within three days of the onset of your symptoms of coronavirus. That's what it looks like right now. Simply stated, the symptoms of coronavirus are... Well, you know, coronavirus has a couple symptoms that are unique to coronavirus, uh, relatively unique. Uh, loss of taste and smell is a very oh, yeah. uncommon I, symptom I, I with other viruses. Yeah. It might occur with influenza, but boy, really rarely. occurs fairly commonly with, uh, with uh, coronavirus. And of course, the other common symptoms of coronavirus are runny nose, cough, sore throat, uh, respiratory uh, yeah, symptoms, I, I maybe shortness that, of breath. I get all that stuff anyway. Sure you do. Um, it, but if you lose taste and smell, 
Mm. Yeah, I haven't had that. Highly likely. So it mimics coronavirus when it affects people mildly, mimics influenza, uh, mimics common rhinoviruses, which are cold-like viruses, and so it's hard to sort out. Many people who have coronavirus aren't very ill, uh, and the only way it's discovered for certainty, with certainty, is through testing. So um, sometimes your doctor just has to test you. Dick, I want to wish you and your family, Barbara and everybody, a wonderful Thanksgiving. I appreciate you taking the time out to, to come and join us this morning. We'll probably have to have you in again in a month or two and see how things have changed. Well, I have a quick question, if I may. Yeah, of course. Um, Scott, get on the mic, would, though. Would it not be a good idea for families to get COVID tested prior to gatherings? And where can you get a free test? Wonderful, wonderful idea. You can get free tests uh, at, uh, well, actually, you have to pay for them at the pharmacies. But you can go to the library and get uh, free tests. They're handing out those free tests, those uh, Binax Now now tests. uh, And you can do them yourself. Now, if you want to use, let's say you're in quarantine and you want to get out of quarantine a little early and, and uh, testing will get you out of quarantine early. That one has to be a, a, a test that's uh, observed by, not necessarily obs- seen by somebody, but you have to have a, uh, another uh, agency uh, monitor that test. That test has to be monitored to get out of uh, quarantine. But if you want to just test before you get visit your family, you could just do it yourself. Yeah. And you can get one of those tests free of charge from the library. We've got 15 seconds. Anything we yet? Anything more? Well, I, I just want to encourage everybody to get vaccinated. That's the way out of this pandemic. Uh, masking and vaccination are our best mitigating procedures, and of them all, vaccination is the way to go. There you go. All right, folks. Thank you. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The price of a gallon of gas is double what it was a year ago, and President Biden's making a move to try to reverse the trend. He's ordered the release of 50 million barrels of crude oil from the nation's strategic reserve. CBS's Vicki Barker. The administration's been pushing China, India, Japan, and South Korea to join in a coordinated effort to release their own reserves of crude oil, a bid to lower gas prices just ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday and travel season. A spokesman for the American Petroleum Institute predicts any relief will be short-lived unless it's paired with policies that encourage more American energy production. The prosecution's begun winding up closing arguments at the trial of three white men charged with murdering a black jogger in Georgia. You bring your 12-gauge pump shotgun with you, ready to fire. You point it at a man you know is unarmed. I mean, you think they couldn't tell with those baggy shorts that he didn't have a gun on him? The defense maintains the men thought Ahmaud Arbery was a burglar. Deliberations could begin later today. The suspect in Sunday's deadly car crash at a Christmas parade in Wisconsin is expected to make his first court appearance in that case today. Officials say Daryl Brooks is no stranger to law enforcement. CBS's Nancy Chen is in Waukesha. Brooks has a long criminal history. He's been charged with crimes 16 times since 1999. Last year, he was charged with three felony gun counts. And most recently, court documents show the 39-year-old allegedly ran over his child's mother with the same red SUV at a gas station. Five people were killed at the parade, dozens injured, including children. In New York, emergency room on Long Island has been forced to close temporarily because so many nurses haven't been vaccinated as required by state law. Patients will be directed to the hospital's main campus, about five miles away. A judge has thrown out criminal charges in a first-of-its-kind COVID case. A judge in Massachusetts has dismissed criminal charges against two former top officials of a veteran's home after nearly 80 veterans died from COVID-19 in an outbreak at the Holyoke Soldiers' Home. The judge ruled there was not enough evidence that the facility's former superintendent and former medical director didn't do enough to protect the veterans. It was the first prosecution of nursing home caregivers over pandemic decisions. Jim Crisula, CBS News. In a cave in Turkey. 
Archaeologists have unearthed stone tools and bones dating back 14,000 years. Scientists believe the cave was used as a cult center dedicated to the mother, mother goddess Cybele. The Dow's up 89. This is CBS News. Is finding seasonal help on your wish list? You need Indeed, the all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. With the KFC app, you can get your chicken finger licking quick, 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 quick. Park at the front, then skip the line. Skip, 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 skip the drive through line. The quicker you get chicken, the quicker you can eat it. Eat it, eat, eat it, chicken, chicken, fried chicken. Order on the KFC app or website. Quick, 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 pick up. All the joys of KFC, quick, pick up. It's finger licking quick. Participation in lobby hours may vary. Use drive through if lobby is closed. Dell's Black Friday event has arrived, and it's the perfect time to step up your creativity. With incredible savings up to $400 off PCs, it's Dell's biggest sale of the year. Get more into what you're into with the latest XPS and Alienware systems featuring Intel Core processors. Save on top monitors, docks, and accessories, all with free shipping, plus low monthly.